Hello, kindred spirits, and welcome to Modcast, the podcast of the Ella Montgomery Institute, broadcasting from the beautiful campus of the University of Prince Edward Island. We're so glad you've tuned in. This is Modcast Season 1, Episode 1, and I am your host, Dr. Brenton Dickerson. In our quest to discover cutting-edge scholarship about the life and works of Lucy Mon Montgomery and join imaginative readers throughout the world, we welcome to the microphone our special guest, Dr. Leslie Clement. Dr. Clement is the Ella Montgomery Institute's visiting scholar. Leslie has held teaching and administrative positions at various Canadian universities. She has published on visual literacy, empathy, and death in children's literature. Her work on Montgomery appears in Studies in Canadian Literature and Ellen Montgomery and the Matter of Natures. Recent projects include co-editing with Rita Bode, Ella Montgomery's Rainbow Valleys, The Ontario Years, 1911 to 1942, which, by the way, is a fantastic volume, and with Leili Jamali, Global Perspectives on Death and Children's Literature. Leslie, welcome to the Modcast. Oh, thank you, Brenton, for inviting me to join you. As Modcast listeners are avid readers, we like to talk about the books that are on our bedside tables. Sometimes this is Montgomery-related, sometimes it's not. Right now I'm reading a YA fantasy that's actually set in the time that Anne of Green Gables was being written. It's Alex E. Harrow's The 10,000 Doors of January, about a young girl named January who finds a portal to another world, but then loses it as a young girl. But then as a teen, she ends up tumbling back into that rabbit hole. I'm only actually that far in, so I'm pretty excited about I love wardrobe world books, and and I really appreciate how this one's going. And it's part of a slate of Lewis collection there. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And this is part of a an all woman slate of Hugo Award nominees this year. So this is a pretty special year. So that's what I'm reading. What's on your bookshelf these days? Like most people, I have several books on the go, but I'll mention one that I think everyone should read, especially in this time of trying to educate ourselves about lives unlike our own. This is Essie Adugin's Washington Black, which takes an 11-year-old field slave in the Caribbean on a journey that, well, even Anne Shirley couldn't imagine. It's so important that these stories don't remain untold backstories in a young person's life. Whereas Washington Black is a novel of darkness with glimmers of light, Montgomery wrote novels of light with shadowy corners generally left unexplored. But we need novels like Montgomery's to bring us joy and hope and the strength of mind to confront the shadows. Yeah, and some of your work was is actually looking at the shadows, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think that's that's super key, and 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 you you do that not just with Montgomery, but you're an expert in children's literature. I've seen your CV. How did you find your way into Montgomery's work specifically? As a scholar, I certainly found um, my way into Montgomery's work through children's literature. Um, but of course, as a reader, uh, like so many other people, I was reading her um, as, as a child. I grew up in a community on the Kennebecasis River uh, in uh, New Brunswick, between, between St. John and, and Rossi. And of course, again, like so many other readers, I was first introduced to Anne and Emily. They entered my life when I was a child, and then as a young teen, Pat entered into my life. Mm, so, mm, mm. so she went from, you know, bedside reading to your your desk. Over yes, time. exactly. Yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be a story we hear quite a bit. Yeah. 
For me, there's just uh, so many ways that Montgomery's life and works invite us as readers and researchers. So when it comes to your Montgomery work, like where specifically are you focusing? Like what what's kind of on your heart to be talking about? <laughs> well, as you said, you, you, you've read my CV, so you know it's, 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 it's quite diverse because there are so many ways um, that her works invite us um, into, so many different ways to explore it. Um, so when I began writing uh, on, on Montgomery, I was exploring the um, idea of empathy. Um, and in particular, I was linking empathy with visual literacy. Um, and I was working on that in the context of children's uh, picture books. But then as I began to apply it to Montgomery, uh, I became interested in how empathy and visual literacy was linked to creativity. So that became a, a, a part of it. Um, but at the same time, I had started a book uh, on deaf and children's literature, which you mentioned uh, when you introduced me. Um, and of course, that's another way of exploring uh, Montgomery's work. And so I have some, some uh, articles that are coming out uh, that focus uh, on that aspect. And, and currently I'm working on a, a couple of projects. One is on childhood in Montgomery. Um, and another evolved out of the work that I did for the volume on Lucy Bob Montgomery in Ontario, on which I focus on the toll uh, that's taken on, on a public figure and how that erodes and, and just eats away at, at her private being at her private self. So, mm. uh, and, and I'm actually, because my, my keynote talk was going to be on um, literary tourism, and, and there's a really interesting link um, I found between the, the time when she was most a literary tourist was, was uh, on, on her honeymoon, um, and that was a time when she was just moving from being a private citizen to being uh, a, a public figure, um, mm. and linked out all the things that were she was seeing and how they spoke to her, so... Um, I hope to continue that work uh, later on this, this year. Yeah, that's really intriguing. And I also think too about in her diaries when she would visit Prince Edward Island or Muskoka, I think the first time, mm -hmm. you know, they almost become, um, they, they move from, you know, tourism, but through new eyes, recovery eyes, right? So they are, you could see how she, uh, she could really add to that visual aspect of things. You know, that, yeah. that's actually, I think you're definitely on the right track there. And, and that keynote was part of your work as, is a part of your work as a visiting scholar? Because I'm, I'm, I love this about the Ellen Montgomery Institute, the visiting scholar program is such a great idea. Just mm -hmm. tell us a bit about that work, if you would. Okay, well, it, um, generally, if I could just speak generally about what mm -hmm. a visiting scholar does. So apart from the research and, and delivering one of the keynote talks, there's usually three or four uh, of those. Uh, one of the, the important things that the visiting scholar does now um, is assume the role of the co-editor as being co-editor of the journal uh, of Lucy Mom Montgomery Studies. And, and I'll assume that role uh, on the 1st of, of July. Um, so for me, uh, and again, this isn't necessarily what all, uh, all visiting scholars would do, uh, but for me, that's, um, I'm going to be uh, working on a collection of, of uh, papers on the conf conference theme, which is vision. Um, as well, um, next year, Jean Mitchell and I um, are going to be working on a special issue on mental health uh, as well. So uh, as co-editor of the journal, that's a, a main thing that the visiting scholar does. But another main thing that the visiting scholar is responsible for is the, being a co-organizer uh, of the biennial conference. So just 
give you a little bit of history of what happened right uh, with that this uh, once I became the visiting scholar um, and this was back in the spring of, of 2019 um, Emily Worcester who was a previous visiting scholar and I started to organize the conference for 2020 so we framed the uh, conference call for for proposals we disseminated that we put together a reading team uh, we vetted the proposals that came in uh, contacted those who had submitted uh, proposals. Uh, so there was a big process there. That was all done last spring and summer of 2019. Um, then in the late fall and winter, uh, Kate Scarth, uh, who was, of course, the chair of the Lucy Montgomery Studies with the Institute, uh, we put together a SHIRT con Connection Conference grant application, which was successful, and, uh, which we're very happy about. Yeah. Um, and we were putting, to at this time, we were putting together a program, and we had a program of approximately 75 scholarly presentations and creative projects. Uh, and one thing, again, that I did, which is not necessarily what a, a visiting scholar would do, I initiated a mentorship program. Um, mm. So I'm still, we were still working um, uh, on right, uh, that. That's still a program that we're working with. And then what happens? COVID-19 yeah. hit hard. Well, this is, this is one, just one of those things, isn't it, Leslie? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, like, the first time I was accepted, so flipping the microphone for a moment, the first time I was accepted to the conference I mean, this is the global Ella Montgomery conference, right? This is a world-class it's, it's thing. An inter it's called like, the International Conference. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the standard, the, the gold standard. And you have to have your your application, your your proposal in like seven months or eight months before the conference. It's, it's so, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I did that. And then I was like, so I was very pleased. I was very pleased to be again on this program. But, you know, this is now the week that we should all be, you know, yeah. sitting and having ice cream. We should be listening to these scholars uh, in the UPI campus. So tell, tell us about kind of what happened, what's disrupted yeah. it, and then yeah. we'll, we'll start peeking towards the future. So uh, it, was, it was, of course, February, March, April. I was actually in Portugal for the month <laughs> wow, yeah. February and March. So I watched it. Um, and, taking over in Italy and in Spain and then creeping into uh, into Portugal. I came back on the, the 18th of March uh, from Portugal. Um, and by that time, it was pretty obvious how dire the situation was. Um, so eventually, and this was mid-April, it made it necessary to cancel the on-site uh, conference. Um, but... Out of that, we wanted to, uh, a lot of work obviously put into it, and we wanted to retrieve uh, as much of the program as possible. And it wasn't just the program. Of course, a lot of, uh, I said that we had 75 presenters um, that w had been working on uh, material. Um, and so one of the things we had considered was a new platform um, for it, but then it became obvious, well, we had a platform already to host the content. Um, and so the decision was made to, to host uh, the, to use the Journal of Lucy Bell Montgomery Studies uh, to uh, host the content that uh, we had planned for the original uh, conferences, of course, as much as possible. So um, at that point, Kate Scarth and I put out a, another call for papers. We invited participation in this uh, new for this new uh, uh, endeavor, uh, the, the, a kind of virtual conference, if you will. We're calling it the forum, um, and it it will be accessed through the journal webpage. 
Yeah, uh, this is, and, and one thing that I appreciate about this as part of that group that are in conversation waiting for the conference was this, you've made this about as um, open as possible for scholars and artists and, and creative minds and lovers of mind karma to be involved. Yes. And then of course it will be as open as possible to, to get that stuff eventually. Can you tell us now, like moving from, you know, a conference with a couple of hundred people in rooms and right. breakout groups and everything and, and, and dinner to this new space. Uh, is it all on one weekend or is it a long time? Tell us a little bit about what you have uh, planned for this conference. So what we're calling, um, so we wanted to use that time when the conference would traditionally have been held and this year the dates would have been the uh, 24th to the 28th uh, of June um, and what we're looking at is a kind of a soft launch if you will uh, of for material that's going to come out over the next six to eight months so the deadline for all material is the 31st of December uh, but we're going to have this soft launch and if you think what a soft launch is for example in a restaurant um, they'll have a soft launch and they'll bring out three items that they're going to have on their menu and then over the next six months they'll bring out more and more of their full menu so that's exactly what we're thinking of it uh, uh, here. So there's five days, so the 24th to the uh, 28th of June. We, all, we have lots of content that's going up. There's a whole variety of postings. Some of it will be written content, some of it's pre-recorded, and some will be uh, visual uh, material. Um, so I'd like to, to mention just the different kinds of projects. Like, yeah, no, I, I'd love that because because this podcast is really part of the early part of that. Yeah. Uh, this is the launch in a sense, right? Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. So there's going to be some, uh, first of all, I mentioned the creative projects. So there's going to be creative projects. And I'm just going to mention one. There will be, there will be more than one. Um, but this is called the Domestic Art Challenge. Um, it was initiated by Bonnie Tulloch, uh, who was a 28 recipient of the Elizabeth Epperly Early Career Award. So um, Bonnie, with one of the student assistants, Heidi Herring, has been creating a, a kind of visual representation with uh, pictures that have been submitted. They had put out a call for papers, uh, or not papers, but a call for pictures, actually. <laughs> it's a CFP, but a call for pictures, uh, which had been submitted to them. And what they wanted to do was celebrate the heroism in everyday life like during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So their project focuses on heroism within the context of the domestic art, such as cooking and baking, gardening, knitting, like crafting, reading, all, all of those kinds of things. So this is a wonderful project, uh, and uh, we actually hope it'll uh, go on beyond the, the launch uh, as well. Um, so that's just one example of a, of a kind of creative projects, which we would traditionally have on site, uh, but now might, uh, it will be uh, up on the forum. Hmm. Usually, as you would expect, there's going to be scholarly content. So again, I'll just mention a couple of what's, what's happening. So on the Thursday, which will be the second day of the launch of the 25th, uh, there will be an illustrated essay that I have written uh, on visual culture, uh, storytelling, and becoming uh, Emily. So it was really wonderful to be able to use this kind of a forum because uh, I have 24 images which can now can be accessed right there without the use of a PowerPoint presentation. Right. 
So that's one example then on the Friday, um, there will be a recorded conversation uh, between Mara Guber, uh, who was one of the keynote speakers, yeah. um, and her research uh, assistant, uh, Fanning Yang, um, and it'll be a work in progress. They're gonna talk about uh, how things are evolving in the work that they're doing, and they're focusing on Anne's monologues within the novel, but also uh, within uh, dramatic versions uh, of uh, Anne. And then I'll just mention one more of the scholarly presentation. Um, there'll be a recorded presentation uh, from Jessica Brown, who's from the University of Limerick. Um, and she was going to do a, both a workshop and a, a, a paper. Um, and she has done a recorded uh, version of her presentation. Uh, and her topic is Eyes for Avonlea Montgomery's Effective Rendering of Nature. Um, and I, I viewed it. It's, it's really, really wonderful. Brilliant. Yeah, no, so, that's brilliant. Yeah, that, that's that's what's going to be expected. But there's going to be some other things um, as well. Um, obviously, you're going to have sort of the institute related content. There'll be tributes to the patrons. There'll be announcements of new projects um, that we would normally again do. Um, but fun. <laughs> so. Good stuff. And that's and that's all in just the launch weekend. There's also going to be the same kind of like papers and presentations and essays and rolled out videos. Over six to eight months. Yeah, yeah that that's gorgeous. So yeah. Again, so, so when you again you think of it, you were just getting a little sampling of what to expect. Beautiful. Yeah, it's like having actually the conference all year long, and people can access it anywhere in the world. Uh, will that be hosted on the Ellen Montgomery Institute website? Is that where? It's... Well, it, through the journal, right? Uh, through the uh, journal uh, website. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So it's, uh, it'd be, we're sort of thinking that there's a room off of the journal. <laughs> A forum or a space that goes under all sorts of, of different names. So one yeah. of our big challenges was, well, how do we have fun uh, hmm. on this kind of, of forum? So on on the first day um, after the welcomes, we will be having a Kaylee. Oh. <laughs> So wow. how do you do it, Kaylee? Well, this is going to be hosted by Braden Press, uh, and they'll be celebrating their launch of the Gaelic translation of oh, Anne of Green Gables. So we're working with Braden Press um, on, on, on hosting that. Uh, so Kaylee's are always fun. So you may not be able to dance to the fiddler, but you can dance in your kitchen, I guess, to, to the <laughs> you know, and, and just things like... Um, Bookmark, for example, is a Charlottetown bookstore. They usually host some kind of a book sale um, during yeah. the conference. They're going to do a virtual uh, version of that. They'll feature new books and there'll be links to their, to their uh, website. If I could mention another one as well, one of the events that we were all really looking forward to uh, for the on-site conference was the screening of Amazing Grace. Uh, it's right. a documentary uh, about Aretha Franklin's 1972 mm. uh, live recording of the gospel uh, album. Mm. Um, so one may say, well, what does that have to do with Montgomery? So Evelyn White, who is a Halifax journalist, was going to introduce the screening of that um, and uh, explain the link between yes. Montgomery and Aretha Franklin. Obviously can't be a person to do it. So she's done it in the form of a blog. So. And, she, and she was a keynote or plenary a couple of years ago. Is that right? I think she was, yeah, she was a, yes. on, a, on a plenary. And based yeah. on that, we, we invited her to do this. Leslie, that sounds like a, a great schedule. Do, do you have one more thing that you wanted to add just to entice us into this visual space? So on the very final day, one of the much anticipated, uh, it's a tradition in the biennial uh, conference, is the Sunday bus tour. Mm. We're going to have a virtual version of that yeah. uh, that Carolyn uh, Collins and Bernadetta Molesky has have done for us. And then there's the finale. Uh, 
it will be pre-recorded and if the tech gods are good to us, uh, it will uh, be live and, and we'll be making announcements at that such as the recipients of, of various awards. So also at the finale, we'll be announcing the next visiting scholar whose term begins July 2021, and also the next conference theme, that is the theme of the 15th biennial conference in 2022. So again, what we really hoped was that this material would uh, appeal to a diverse um, audience, because our community, the Montgomery community, really is a diverse community. There are the academic researchers and teachers, there are the creative artists and writers, the musicians, the actors. There's those whose interests uh, are in the fields of tourism or publishing, book selling, book and memorabilia collecting. And then there's those who just join us to listen and then come into the conversations as the opportunities uh, arise. So th these are all the kinds of things that we envision uh, for the Ellen Montgomery Envision uh, Forum. And one last note, the beauty of the forum like this, and this goes back to a point you were making early, is it's welcome to everybody because quite often people can't come for professional or personal or geographical reasons. And this year's original program uh, had papers from 13 different uh, countries. Uh, so obviously Canada and the United States, the UK, Ireland, but also uh, Germany, Austria, Poland, Slovakia, South Africa. Um, and it's, so it is truly an international conference. This forum gives us the opportunity to become a truly global community, a truly global uh, forum. Wow, that's, that's brilliant. Leslie, thanks so much for sitting down with us today. Okay, thank you so much for having me, Brenton. <laughs> Good stuff. Just so listeners know, we have links in our show notes to Dr. Clement's work, as well as the themes that we're talking about today and the conference space, the forum, uh, so that you can find your way there and enjoy everything that Dr. Clement has talked about today. And as always, you can check out the Ella Montgomery Institute at LM montgomery.ca. It includes interactive features, guest blogs, news about conferences and calls for papers, and the newest releases of the Journal of Ella Montgomery Studies. It also has links to digital resources like the beautiful online repository, Kindred Spaces. And if you enjoyed the podcast and would like others to enjoy it as well, please share on social media and give us a rating. It really helps spread the news about Modcast and the Institute's work and helps get the word out about cutting edge research and new initiatives. I'm your host, Brenton Dickerson, and I'm here with Technical Director Christy McKinney. Until next time, remember Anne's answer to Mrs. Barry's greeting? I am well in body, although considerably rumpled up in spirit. I think that's a great note for today's moment. Farewell.